We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today's lesson is the road to discovery. Like my new Toyota RAV4 Platinum. With the Entune Premium JBL Audio with integrated navigation and app suite, I'm always finding someplace new. Trust your heart and your feet will open a new way. Like my RAV4. It has a hands-free foot-activated power liftgate. Class dismissed. Anybody want to ride in my RAV4? Me! I mean, I humbly accept your offer. Well, come on. When you're driven by discovery, you find adventure. The 2017 RAV4 Platinum. Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome into the Rotowire Basketball Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings.com. DraftKings, as you know by now, is the leader in daily fantasy sports. As a reminder, use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll be good for a free contest entry today with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. All right, it is Thursday, March 17th. Nick Whalen, not joined by James Anderson, who is in, what is it, Vancouver? or Montreal. 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 He's in Canada. He's out of the country. He fled the country earlier this week. Um, so DJ Trainer stepping in. We've been doing radio. We've been doing other podcasts. You're everywhere. 
Yeah, I, I feel good about this. I mean, everybody's here. <laughs> I not feel sure, good about this. Not, not sure how everybody else feels, but uh, I feel pretty can't good about escape it. this squeaky clean voice, that's for sure. I feel good about it. Always love to join yep. you, Nick. It's uh, one of my favorite, occupa- not occupations, but duties here at Rotowire. Duty. I think that's the way to put it. It is your duty to join me on the Thursday podcast. So we're going to want to keep this one short, partially because there's a lot going on today and not too many people are going to be taking time away from the tournament to listen to a fantasy basketball podcast. That's one. Maybe they will. Maybe yeah. they won't. And the other thing is, selfishly, we want to watch these games. We have about yes. eight TVs fired up in the Rotowire office right now and only one TV in the studio. So we're, we're pretty deprived as we record. We're being subjected to, uh, to Duke versus UNC Wilmington as we record here. Duke looks like they're in trouble. Yeah, I, I hope they are. By this the time people listen to this, you know, it'll be retrospect, of course, yeah. but this this feels a little bit like the Mercer game a couple of years ago. Oh, I like it. We were just talking about the unis, how Duke's unis are, are like top of the line, hot off the presses. Well, UNC Wilmington's, which I like, are essentially throwbacks from like 2002. Right, yeah. We made the point that, oh, there we go, Brandon Ingram, you dirty dog. Um you know, teams like UNC Wilmington and these, basically, if you're a 14 seed or below, like your uniforms are, would have been like really cool uniforms in like 2006. Like they're like the the Nike Pro uniforms that people were like, you know, drooling over when Michigan State debuted them. It's like they're almost like hand me downs in a lot of ways. Like they're still coming on to the styles. Like they don't have the tight, uh, you know, dry fit material like, like some of the big schools like Duke. But Duke, Kentucky, there's a couple other. I think Baylor might have them too. They're wearing almost like, they're kind of like volleyball cut, you know, like they're, yeah, they, okay. they don't have a border at all. They look very thin. Uh, they're thin, they're thinner around the shoulders. Uh, I'm not sure how much I like those, but still a great look, very clean look. Well, it's not clean on the back. They've got all that like weird screen printing kind of like, Oh, like gray, the watermark, the watermark. I like that. Stuff. I think that looks cool. Really? It's busy. I'm, well, I think me. I'm jealous because Wisconsin has been dealing with Adidas for so long and the, the horizontal, like it reminds me of almost like a, like a, tiki skirt type of thing around the waist <laughs> just just does not look great so thank thankfully the badgers will be moving to under armor this is the final tournament uh where we're subjected to adidas's garbage is what i'm gonna say wow, <laughs> garbage uniforms I, you know yeah, i'm gonna say it. sponsor we, the pod adidas glad to have you adidas. yeah adidas is not sponsoring the pod anytime soon i would rather have mcgregor sponsor the pod wow yeah i said it um but anyway let's talk a little nba and a couple, nothing too huge, you know, going on Wednesday night. Cavaliers knock off the Mavs, ninety nine, ninety eight. No LeBron for the Cavaliers, and you know, as probably doesn't surprise too many people, Kyrie and Love shoulder most of the load there. Big games all around for both of those two. Um, I mean, is this every time this happens? Whether it's Love sits out, Kyrie sits out, LeBron sits out, you know, it seems like. The Cavs don't necessarily play better, but it's like, oh, LeBron's out. All of a sudden, Kevin Love goes for 23-18. and 18. You know, where is this kind of production when LeBron's there? Kyrie goes for 33. It took him 28 shots. Uh, but still, you know, both these guys seem to open up their games a little bit more when LeBron isn't there. It's all about motivation. Every time, if you ask me, I'm going to say 82-game season, um, these guys will play a lot harder when they know they need to. And so you can make the argument that – um, it's kind of like the shouldering the load, um, lackadaisical attitude where if you have three competent guys on the court at the same time, maybe, you know, they'll just defer to the other one that night or, and then wrongly do that this time love and Irving know they have to shoulder the load. They're going to go out there and do it. I mean, this is a pretty good team with just love and Irving on it by itself. I mean, 
we're, motivation is the biggest key factor in the NBA, right? You agree with that? Every time I say that, right? Nah, not. I mean, over talent, coaching, discipline. I don't know. I wouldn't say during it's the, the regular factor. season. During, like, I don't, I don't think like night, I don't on think, a Wednesday night in Cleveland, motivation is not the most important thing. The Nuggets aren't twenty-eight and forty right now because they're not motivated. Okay. The Nets don't have nineteen wins because they don't have any motivation. Okay. There I, are teams out there that have talent and no motivation. You could argue the Cavs have that 70% of the time. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Motivation's a factor, but it's not the biggest factor. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but if you're going to ask me why Cavaliers are able to stay afloat and love and Irving go off in a game where LeBron is not playing, it's, it's motivation. They're extra motivated to shoulder the load against a Mavs team that's really not that bad. What I'm more curious about, because... We talk so much about the Cavs, and it really just frustrates me. Uh, Zaza Pachulia moving to the bench. Rick Carlisle saying he's going to take it game by game, but this is the second game in a row where he's moved to the bench. You would think against the Cavaliers that play a big lineup every now and then, especially if um, if LeBron's not going to play uh, center, I would say. Tristan Thompson against Zaza makes a lot of sense matchup-wise, but yet they're still going with Dirk Nowitzki at center. Is this something you think we're going to continue to see throughout the season, and this is just kind of a, a load of BS from Rick Carlisle? Zaza's firmly on the bench? No, I think I think they'll, they'll mix things up a little bit. I mean, it's not like this Dirk experiment is doing wonders for them right now. You know, they lose to a shorthanded Cavs team that was also without Mozgov. Um, and maybe that's part of the reason that Pachulia only played 13 minutes. You know, his best matchup personnel to personnel is probably Mozgov. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, D- Dirk, Played well, 20 points, four rebounds, three assists, three blocks. But I think, you know, you look at those numbers and say he probably puts those up whether he's playing center or power forward. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. This, it's not like this lineup has kind of re- reinvigorated everyone else. I mean, Wes Matthews, five points. Darren Williams, four points. Felton, six points. Parsons, six points. Like, the starting lineup for Dallas was was pretty poor overall. So I don't think this is a permanent decision by any means by Carlisle. I think they'll probably take it game to game as they try to avoid, you know, slipping out of the playoff picture consummate coach speak there you go game by game heard it from nick whalen talk about thunder celtics next i've never coached a game on any level in my entire life but uh i, I think i could i could do the speeches at least um who couldn't yeah seriously. everybody i mean could. it's Jeez. getting it's getting to the point where it's just basically you, you can choose from uh, a word bank of 10 different phrases and just repeat them uh but yeah thunder celtics kind of a rebound game for okc everybody starts worrying about them uh, and then they they go into Boston and blow out what's been a pretty solid Celtics team, a very well coached Celtics team. Durant just misses a triple double again, twenty eight nine and seven. Westbrook twenty four five and five, and and what was somewhat of a a quiet night for him as he only played twenty six minutes. Yeah, kind of odd. Um, surprised he didn't get a triple double even in twenty six. Well, minutes. it is odd because like this game wasn't out of control really until later in the third quarter. You know, twenty six minutes still seems low. And I mean, what a what's a better matchup than going up against Isaiah Thomas? The problem is that Boston is so good at collapsing and helping when Westbrook is going to drive um, with your Amir Johnsons, not necessarily Jared Selinger, but helping out with a Marcus Smart or something like that. We actually played the three tonight. Marcus Smart sp- started at the three um, with uh, Jay Crowder out. Um, so Boston's not at full strength. But, you know, the Thunder are going to take care of business. Uh, they've lost 22 games for a reason. They're not elite like your Warriors or your Spurs, but it doesn't matter, man. They're, they're one of the best teams in the league. Are we sure Russell Westbrook is a good defender? OKC no, is we're not. bottom, bottom not. five in the league in fantasy points allowed to point guards, and, and obviously that's not, that doesn't fall squarely on Westbrook's shoulders. You know, that, that counts when he's out of the game, too. 
Um, but, you know, we see time after time opposing point guards. You look at Westbrook, his physical profile, his aggression, you, you know, on paper, not somebody that you would necessarily want guarding you. But we kind of see other point guards go off against OKC fairly routinely. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, 29 points in 29 minutes last night. Here's my take on that. I think that Westbrook doesn't have the patience to be a solid defender. Instead, you know, if a if a point guard has the ball for five seconds, he's going to go for a steal. Like he just can't wait to see what's going to happen. He takes a lot of risks. Um, we we've seen that quite a bit. Um, and I just think he doesn't quite have the patience to just stay in front of the guy and use his own physical ability to kind of prevent him from taking a shot or driving to the hole. Um, when it matters, he'll be fine. Like he he can he can face anybody he wants to during the regular season. He's going to be going for steals. Yeah, I think he's more of a. I don't even know how to how to phrase it. Kind of like more of like a specimen on the defensive end. You know, like the pieces are all there, and you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily an effort issue, but like you said, I think he's going he's gambling more than he probably should. But you know, how many point guards come playoff time, fourth quarter, would you take over Russell Westbrook defensively? Not too many. I don't think that combination of strength, size, speed, uh, and effort. I don't think you find in, in too many point guards. Any other notes from this game? I don't, did, were you able to catch any of this one on ESPN? Or no, we were playing basketball during this. Weren't yeah, we? no, we, we were. We were hooping it up. I was missing a lot of shots. While you were missing a lot of shots, but then when it mattered most, on the final game, the final shot, DJ Trainer drains a nine-footer baseline for the win. Yeah, shooting percentage elevated to point zero zero seven with that <laughs> one shot. Felt pretty good about it. Nothing but net. I mean, those are tough rims too. Uh, the other, the late game on ESPN was Clippers Rockets. This one was out of hand pretty early. I uh, I went on 120 Sports yesterday and talked for about three minutes about why I love Dwight Howard and how great he was going to be tonight. Um, and he finished with six points and seven rebounds in 33 minutes. Got completely blown out of the water by DeAndre Jordan. 23 and 16 for DeAndre. Went eight of eight from the field. Um, I mean, this one was never really close. Michael Beasley tried to spur a. A Rockets run in the third quarter. Did by the way, did you see the clip of him screaming at the ball? No, I haven't seen that. I didn't. I was watching it live, and you know, you know how basketball Twitter is. I'm, yes. I'd like to think I'm fairly plugged into that as far as following people who usually watch games and live tweet. And so Beasley's at the free throw line, and the ref bounces in the ball, and he's about to shoot. He brings the ball up and just screams like very. You usually can't hear that kind of stuff on the audio on the broadcast, and it was very loud even on the broadcast. Explosives? Just screamed. No, just. <gasps> like just right into the ball and then shot it and made it and like nobody tweeted out a video nobody said like what was that like I don't know if I just imagined it but now this morning I've seen a couple vines of it you know on on some sites so I'm sure you can look that up but I thought that was very strange Beasley's looking pretty decent though I mean he's he's putting up shots 12 shots in 19 minutes I I think I read last night that he's he's attempting like 23 shots per 36 since signing with the Rockets but He's making a good percentage. I mean, 16 and 8 in 19 minutes. You can't really argue with that. 7 to 12 shooting. Yeah, he fits in with his team pretty well. We saw somebody like uh, like Smith, Josh Smith, come into this team last year and immediately take a bunch of shots. The Rockets don't have any necessary like, hierarchy or anything for, for that type of player. I don't know what they do anymore, honestly. Yeah, I don't know it's either. A weird, they're the weirdest team. They're, they're so the odd. weirdest team to I watch. Mean, Harden is going to take all the shots, and everybody's just going to kind of trickle down and take whatever they want, apparently. <laughs> There's just isn't it weird? Does, There's just like no sense of hierarchy. Like Trevor Reza should probably be attempting the most shots after Harden. Who knows? Definitely Howard. Howard, Howard took, took four, four shots. shots. That's yeah. routine. I don't. Not that you have to be dumping it down to him all the time, but four shots. Nick, 
So listen. In 33 I mean, minutes? No, let's bring up what we talked about at the beginning of the show, motivation. I mean, if we're going to talk about motivation, this Houston Rocket teams is the epitome of not having it, right? And so that's why they fired yeah. Kevin McHale at the beginning of the season because they thought a change of regime would help with motivation in terms of getting J.B. Bickerstaff in there. And J.B. Bickerstaff probably isn't going to be your long – he will not be your long-term coach, I'm assuming. But change of regime sometimes help with motivation. And I, I don't know. This Rockets team needs a, an actual leader, and I don't think Harden is a good team leader. Maybe he takes the more of lead by example, um, watch me take all the shots kind of example. But I, I don't know. I just I don't like this Rockets team because they have the talent to compete with with a Clippers team. They do. I do think maybe we overrated them a little bit, and it's hard to say that because they went to the Western Conference right. Finals last year. Um, but you know, I mean, Harden played at an unbelievable level for basically eighty two straight games last year. You know, going into the playoffs and. And they, they did a lot of that without Dwight Howard, too. I mean, Howard was great in the playoffs, and he helped out quite a bit at that point, but he was out for a lot of the regular season, and they did a lot of it without him. It's just beyond those two, your third best player, can your third best player be Trevor Ariza? I think maybe we're just, you know, we look, at, we look around the league, and the elite, elite teams have guys who are better than Trevor Ariza at, you know, as the third option. And, got, you know, Josh Smith didn't even play last night. He's fallen off. Terrence Jones having a horrendous year. They're, they're relying a lot on Jason Terry, Montrez Harrell. And, you know, I think maybe maybe we just need to take a step back and say this, this team, you know, they overachieved. And, you know, I don't think anybody got suckered into thinking they were too good or anything. I, I think, you know, maybe they're just coming back down to earth a little bit. But they're still better than a 500 team, which is basically what they've been this year. Yeah, they're still going to make the playoffs, and they'll be a dangerous team. They're I, not a team you want to play. Anybody that ha- When you have a superstar like Harden, mm-hmm. you don't want to play that team. If you, if you have a choice between them and, say, Dallas or Memphis, like you would you would easily take oh, either the yes. other two, I think. Yeah, it's not even close. So they could be a dark horse to make it into the second round, perhaps knock off uh, a Clippers team, even though they lose pretty handedly if it's in the 4-5 matchup. I still want to see that. You would want to, yeah. I, I want this to be the four-five matchup, and it's possible that could happen. I want your your Memphises, your Utahs, um, your lower-level teams to play the top three and just get kind of slaughtered. And yeah, we'll, get, we'll be get that out it. of the way. But I would I would like a Rockets Warriors second round matchup. That's certainly entertaining, or even a Clippers Warriors second round matchup. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Things will play out. Um, I guess. I don't know. It's it's just it. Rockets are a frustrating team for me. Um, Blake Griffin, though, do you think he's going to be back by the regular season? Just your in your heart of hearts. Well, what does he have a knee injury now? No, he has a quad injury, which he actually had before he even got right. into that. But they, they were saying there were reports yesterday that it's something with his knee now. And oh, I don't know geez. if that was confirmed. It was uh, I think Pro Basketball Talk on NBC Sports was was reporting that. So yeah, I don't I don't know. This is kind of one of those situations where you. You know, once or twice a year, something like this happens, and you have to remember that you just cannot trust teams at all when it comes <clears throat> to injuries because their motivations are not the same as ours, as you know, as media and fans. Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess I think he comes back. I don't, you know, it's, it's. I don't think it's going to be a situation where, you know, he's sitting out for reasons other than the injury. So, I don't want to say, you know, he's going to be back because I don't know anything about the injury. He's going to be back when he's able to be back. The question is, he has a suspension after this after the injury. So if he comes back for game one of the playoffs, he ends up sitting out a few games. Then and that's when you have some issues. So I don't know if you're the Clippers. If you have a way that you can, even if he's not quite ready, if you can get him active, just kind of like what the Bucks did with Larry Sanders, yeah. you know, I guess two years ago now, um, kind of allowing him to to serve that suspension. 
while being active, but you know, you never really knew you knew he was sure. never really going to play. So if you can work out a situation like that uh, to get him back for the playoffs, I think that has to be priority number one. I think Al Jefferson had a little bit of that going on yes. too earlier this year when he actually had or you know borderline injury, but he had that dope smoking suspension. Yep, dope yep. smoking suspension. They were trying to get him back on the court. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I will say it's incredibly hard to record a podcast while March Madness is on. Yeah, I find we well, I have was, we knew this was going to happen. Well, we switched over to Texas Tech Butler, and yeah. I have the Fighting Tubbies here. I don't know who you went the with in tubbies. this game. Any any coach that rides a motorcycle onto a floor and then subsequently crashes said <laughs> motorcycle um, in an eight nine, I think that's kind of you know it's, it's a fifty fifty chance basically. And mm-hmm. you know if one coach is riding a motorcycle and the other one isn't, it seems like a pretty obvious choice. Yeah, I, I went with Butler here. So uh, that's wrong. Twenty seven twenty seven as we watch. Who is Butler's ones? coach now? Great question. I don't know. I, I wonder how many people would still say Brad Stevens. <laughs> and and here's me making fun of those people, and I don't even know who it is. But um, yeah, I don't. I mean, these eight nines, you never really know it's at all. Tough. It's a complete toss up, as is basically every game that's not a one sixteen or a two fifteen. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair all enough. right, be part of that, all the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official DFS basketball partner of RotoWire. With Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. You can play whenever you want. You can pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove that you're the superior GM, or you can square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. Again, that promo code is ROTOHOOPS, and you can use that at DraftKings.com. Before we jump into some box scores, if you're thinking about going to some of these games, some of these March Madness games, feel free to use the SeatGeek app. Our listeners can get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. What you do to get that $20 rebate on your tickets, go to the, or download rather, the free SeatGeek app. Then you go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code RWNBA. Then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code RWMBA today and get out and watch some of that college basketball. We're not, I know we're excited to watch it here in the office. I'll be using it in a few weeks to buy tickets to the WGB versus Wisconsin final in Houston. Yes. Um, probably going to be, again, like I talked about in a previous podcast, similar situation where you know they'll obviously both be in the final four. I'll be hesitant to, to buy tickets until the morning before the final. Um, but you know, it's, I, I'm fully expecting an all-Wisconsin final in Houston which I'm sure is the dream scenario for the NCAA yeah and really that's chalk I would like you to be I d- yeah you know, I know a little I wish more I could I wish I could so we could have something to talk about I don't want to just blow hot air you know it's like yeah I know everybody thinks GB is gonna win and everybody thinks Wisconsin's gonna win but I'm not gonna be contrarian just to be contrarian yeah fair enough one day you'll uh be spicy but until until then you're just kind of bland uh matchup that I was pretty excited to watch I still need to go back and watch some of the highlights Pelicans against the Kings having Anthony Davis go up against DeMarcus Cousins Cousins, uh, they got into it. Uh, the last time they played, they had a little little argument. I don't know. Overall, though, people ask me about Anthony Davis all the time, and we were ready to anoint him the next MVP this year. Do you remember that? I we, do. We were just all ready. And I think we're at the point where, obviously, he's a great player. He's going to be an all-star for as long as he's in the league. But elite player in this league, I'm not so sure. And I know that they've had lots and lots of injuries, but I just haven't seen the determination or the calling for the ball that you need to have on a team, especially a team so depleted like this, where he's going to put it, put them on his back, similar to the way a Harden did last year in the playoffs. 
I don't know, man. I I don't I don't have any issues with his determination. I mean, he, he's averaging his numbers are basically identical to what he put up last season when we were when you know what prompted this talk is him as maybe the best player in the league. So I I have no qualms with what Anthony Davis has done at all this year. Honestly, I mean, yeah, I, the Pelicans have disappointed. There's been injuries. He maybe hasn't been as a sir. I mean, he, the guy had a, a fifty twenty game. He went for twenty seven and fourteen last. Time. I don't I mean I don't know what else. I guess you'd like him to carry your team single-handedly, and and we have seen other players do that. So there is, it's not like it's unrealistic to ask that. So I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I mean, is it? Are you more disappointed that here's these numbers I'm, seem a little empty because they're not translating to wins? Or, or here's what's what I'm the, disappointed is that. Uh, let me pull it up here. Is that there are games where he's attempting single-digit shots, and that should never happen in any game for him. I know he's averaging about 18 shots per game, but you just can't take nights off and only take nine nine attempted shots. It, it just doesn't work to be an elite player in this league and do that. And I know maybe earlier in the season that wasn't the case, but as we're kind of getting into the home stretch, I don't want to say that he's given up by any means at all, but there should be no game throughout the entire 80. 80- 82 game season where he only attempts nine shots and he's done that twice over the last couple months here I think Davis is a player that isn't is unselfish in a good way and I think I don't think this is him being lazy I think it's he's not going to force shots just to force shots which under normal circumstances is a good thing from your star you know but I think so basically the argument that you're making is he maybe needs to to develop kind of a I don't know if not killer instinct because you know we're not talking about a late game scenario or anything like that, but more of a more of a me first attitude, just kind of given the situation that this team is in. If he's ever going to develop it, or if he ever should have that attitude, it would have been this year, right? With all of these injuries, just go out there and and take thirty shots. I, I mean, and who would blame him? He's and taking more shots per game per thirty six this year than last year. I mean, I don't I don't know what what level you really want him at. I guess if Alvin Gentry is going to be your coach, an offensive-minded coach, where we thought this whole entire offense would revolve around him and Gentry would be some kind of wizard and getting Anthony Davis open shots from essentially the half-court line to underneath the rim, uh, I guess I'm disappointed from that point. And essentially when they have a season to do whatever they want and try whatever they want with all these injuries, I, 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 I don't know. I just feel like... This should be a worldly year. Like this could have been the one of the best statistical seasons of all time, um, given all the circumstances. New offensive minded coach, young budding talent who's been proven in this league, and a roster that's been decimated with injuries, who have players that are attempting 12, 12 13 shots a game, and we've never even heard of them before they're signing a ten day contract. Bryce DeJean Jones, Xavier Munford. Who's that guy? I've never heard of him before. I think it's pronounced at Ed- Xavier or something or oh, Xavier. I think I saw the, the Pelicans tweet some pronunciation about that. So, okay. yeah, Xavier, I don't know if we'll be Henry hearing. I don't was, know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Former. Uh, did okay. he ever play for the Pels? He was a Grizzly. Yeah. He's a Oklahoma City standout. Yeah, he was. I remember I remember watching him. He was he was one of my favorite high school players and then never really really turned into a whole lot. Had, he had some pretty crazy injuries, didn't he? Well, yeah, he went to Kansas and spent one year there. Probably should have stayed a couple more Definitely years. Definitely should have stayed. Uh, but now he's out of the league. That's what you get, man. He is playing well overseas from what I've heard. Well, but I, I also, I don't think this was a guy that you ever thought, you're like, oh, someday he'll be a great overseas player. You know who's tearing it up in the D-League? I don't. You do. You do actually know when I Vander tell you. Vanderblue? Yes, Vanderblue. I think yeah. he has 20 straight games of 20 points, and he scored 53 the other night. When does that guy get a call up? I, I don't know. I had I wrote up a piece for Bucks Cabal yesterday about the Bucks signing Jared Cunningham, which is a you know, move that I'm fine with, whatever. 
at this point in the year might as well they have the hardship exception anyway um and right away someone was disappointed they responded that uh why did they not sign vander blue you know and i'm like i didn't really know that he was on their radar at all i, I think there's obviously the milwaukee or i guess connection. he's a he's a madison guy but you know the, the wisconsin connection and played at marquette so it is interesting i mean teams it's not like the bucks don't know about vander blue it would be interesting to hear the rationale behind that yeah i mean i think you would think he's gonna get a call up at some point i think he played for the lakers a little bit yeah, he played for the Lakers at the end of last year. Celtics. He was with the he was with their organization for a little bit. A guy who's fared pretty well in you know it, it's so tough to tell with these ten day guys and these D league guys because I think it's more what we don't see. You know, it's how they play in practice is where you can really make an impact because unless you're in a situation like Memphis where half of your team is you know wrapped up like mummies like you just there's just not an opportunity to really prove yourself outside of garbage time Vanderblue has eight total NBA appearances split between Boston Washington and the Lakers most recently last year he had two for the Lakers uh, actually averaged 37 minutes in those two outings for them so good on him maybe look for him in the coming years to find his way on the end of an NBA bench until then uh you have an interesting uh, topic for tonight's slate of games this Thursday, correct? Of course, it relates to the Bucks and the Grizzlies. Um, what are you expecting out of this game, and what is a Vegas expecting out of this game? I I don't know if I'm going to watch this game, and I try to watch as many Bucks games as possible, but I, mean, I just don't see that. I, I don't. I think I'm going to be out on the town watching these these college games, and I, I've. Usually I'm not shy about asking, you know, to turn the TV to a Jaguars game or a Bucks game and you know, you draw a few looks, but I just don't I just don't see there being a scenario where any any respectable establishment in Madison is going to turn away from four tournament games to to throw the Bucks on a TV. So, this might be a rewatch on Friday morning or sometime over the weekend, but Vegas has the Bucks by 10 and a half in this game and they're they're at home and the Grizzlies certainly are banged up, but this seems a little odd to me because Memphis has still been a fairly respectable team. I mean, they got blown out earlier uh, this week, but other outside of that game, even with all these injuries, they've still been a formidable opponent. I disagree. They're terrible. They're, I mean, they're, they are terrible, but they've they've hung in there at least. They're touting like the worst starting five we've seen all year: Green, Barnes, Hollins, Weber, Allen. I mean, your best player on there is is Allen, right? And he can't even shoot the ball. Tony. Tony. Yeah. Talking Tony. It's weird because they're going to make the playoffs, you know? Like, Do you I, think so? We yes, talked about this. I don't know, man. The they could fall so hard and Utah could slip in there. Yeah, I, maybe. I I guess. I mean, we'll see what happens tonight. They they kind of these are the type of games I guess that they have to maybe win if they want to stay in because I mean the, the opponents probably aren't going to get a whole lot easier than the Bucks. You know, there are only what six or seven teams that you'd probably rather play than Milwaukee and I'm going to pull up Memphis's schedule. I mean, they go Milwaukee, Probably a loss, according to Vegas. Clippers lost at Phoenix at LA. You probably split those, maybe. This is the worst team in the NBA right now. At San Antonio, at San, or at San Antonio, home against San Antonio. What a terrible home and home. Jeez, those are both losses. Home to Denver, fifty fifty. Home to Toronto, loss at Orlando, fifty fifty. And they close at Dallas, home against Golden State, at the Clippers, and then at Golden State. Yeah, they could fall out of the playoff race. They could. They could. I didn't realize their schedule was this tough. Right. 
But so. it also but it also takes other teams playing well, you know? Like there's not that many games left. Well, the Jazz are on the outside looking in. They just got a nice win over the Cavaliers. They're doing the best to their of their abilities, I would say. Are they determined enough? <clears throat> I guess that's the true DJ trainer question. Although the Jazz do have a tough schedule coming up today, Thursday that is. They do play the Suns, but then they play the Bulls, Bucks, Rockets, Thunder. You never know, man. I'm just saying, if there ever was a team to fall hard and fast, it's going to be Memphis. But do you need a website, Nick? I do need a website. What for? I mean, what don't I need a website for? That's a better question. Well, why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what you need to do it, on whatever kind of business you're in, what kind of mischievous content Nick Whalen needs to post on the interwebs. It's used by 75 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. If you need to get your word out about your business, use a stunning website, drag and drop editor, personal favorite of my own. It's very easy. All you have to do is head over to Wix.com to create your own website today. Promise you the result is stunning. Have you created your website for the tennis podcast yet? Yes. Have you used the drag and drop editor tool? <laughs> I said it was one of my favorites and I'm not messing around. I have used it. I'm not going to give out the URL quite yet because I'm mid creating it. So it's just the skeletons of a website, but uh, I have started. It has begun. The process has begun. It is super easy to use. I hope you got a dot biz address. Yeah. Just to make sure everyone knows it's legit. I don't. You said dot biz multiple times today. I don't know what that is. What do you? <laughs> it's just a joke because, like, you know, used to in the, like the mid two thousands or even like the nineties, like you'd have like dot, you know, dot biz, um, like e- or URLs, which oh, you just like don't exist. Com? Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's okay. like dot biz is just like it just looks scammy, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> term, you know. So it's just a joke, you know. Like in our in in our rotowire system, every time, every now and then, you'll come across the, an email, an old email that someone has on file with a dot biz, and it's like, all right, like this person's probably fifty plus years old. I was late in the game to having my own computer. Oh yeah, like very late in the game. I used to go to the library to do my homework assignments often. Huh. Did not have a household computer or laptop until like senior year of high school. Hmm. So we're talking real rags to riches story. <laughs> yeah, seriously, look at me now. Look at me now, watching five TVs at once here in the office. Yeah. Um, what do we want to talk about? I mean, like I said, we're kind of scrambled with uh, with March Madness going on here. I'm I find myself like half talking, half watching as Chase Jeter just got wrestled to the ground uh, by a UNC Wilmington player. But I mean, Grizzlies Bucks is obviously the highlight tonight. Why is the NBA? increasing yes, like they're like we're talking about. the nba is doubling their slate on uh, thursday night is usually three or four games you have the the tnt games and then you know some other teams usually fill in but they're you know the nba is just like no you know ncaa tournaments going on we don't care we're, we're stacking nine games tonight yeah and if you look all the way all the way through sunday they've got games 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 and more games um i don't very underst- strange i don't understand it 82 games is a lot to fit in I guess you're just you're just kind of at a point where if you're going to play that many games in a season, you have to throw ratings out the window on a good handful of but games. But like, why not but stack them? Why not stack on like Tuesday, Wednesday this week, or 
you know, throw some last weekend. It just doesn't, of all weekends, like even next weekend, you know, the games are cut in half for college. So there's a little bit more wiggle room, I guess. But Yeah, I would say you essentially what they should do, and hopefully everybody's listening to us out there who has the powers that be, why not everybody play back-to-back games Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you just play one game over the course of Thursday through Sunday and then come back around, just do, everybody does back-to-back games. But here's the here's the problem with that, Nick. If they do that, they're admitting that they're inferior to another True. business or another business model. Let's not forget that these are all like like businesses, and they're competing against each other. And so while NCAA does feed into the NBA and they're related, um, these are two businesses competing for rankings with each other. And let's not forget that the college basketball season – like lines up with the NBA season. So they're fighting for ratings with each other for, you know, four or five months. Yeah, that's true. And the yeah, other thing is the other thing is you have some NBA arenas hosting some of these games too. You know, so that might throw a wrench in it. You can't just you know, their scheduling constraints I'm sure that we're we're not factoring into nearly enough. Uh so you know if, if any NBA schedulers are listening, they're probably pulling their hair out and rightfully so. Uh, but it just it is an odd scenario because you know we ha- we have seen the NBA you know that certain nights they'll kind of reduce the slate for for whatever it might be but apparently you know the number one day that everyone's watching college basketball it, it just seemed odd to me that they would that they would double the slate yeah no you're right about that and uh, oh we got to deal with it we do we do I think we can power through you know we're we're sitting here complaining that there's too many <laughs> NBA games on um, but you know I, I think we'll find a way to to keep up. Yeah, we'll, we'll be just fine. I'll keep my eye on the NBA action tonight. You said Grizzlies-Bucks is a highlight. I'm not so sure about that one. Um, Spurs-Trailblazers, only because the Spurs actually do give up a lot of points to guards because Tony Parker just can't quite stay in front of his guy anymore. So Damian Lillard, even though he's going up against one of the best defenses of all time, could go off tonight. And I don't know. He's just pretty special in those circumstances. And so that'll be my favorite game to keep an eye on on NBA TV tonight. Spurs going to get to 34 and 0 at home? Against, oh, yeah. They're going to win the game, but that doesn't mean that Lillard won't go off for 50, 60 points. It's, it's entirely possible. All right. Let's end on this. Will the Spurs and the Warriors, well, I'll phrase it this way A, the Spurs and the Warriors both finish undefeated at home. B, only the Warriors do. C, only the Spurs do. D, neither do. And bear in mind that San Antonio plays at Golden State once. Golden State uh, plays at San Antonio twice. They each beat each other at home. So, was it D? Neither team. Neither. Neither. Okay. So, San Antonio hosts Golden State on Saturday night. So, like, the Warriors are probably going to beat the Spurs... That, one this, of those two times. This is not okay because the, nobody's going to watch this game. Saturday night, that's going to be prime second round. You're right. I'm, I'm, I think I'll probably have to watch this one. I, yeah, I would hope so. Warriors at Spurs on ABC? Yeah. It's, it's the be... first time it's in San Antonio this year, which is crazy that they stacked right. them this late. So I think Spurs are definitely going to lose one because the Warriors are going to get the Spurs one out of two of those games for sure. And then the Spurs have one more game left in Golden State. And like I said, or like we've talked about, the Spurs are only four games behind the Warriors. If mm-hmm. they sweep, which it's it's not crazy to think, if they actually go for it and they sweep, um, then they're only one game behind the Warriors. You never know what can happen. Right. And, well, and it's also worth noting that San Antonio, game 81, they host OKC. So we'll see if there's anything on the line for either team at that point. What it might come down to is that final week, both teams could end up resting players and... You know, Brandon Rush versus Patty Mills will decide 
maybe which team remains undefeated at home. It's possible. I don't, I don't know. The thing that I can't get over is that the Spurs have a 12-game cushion on the three seed, so essentially they could rest all of their starters from here on out basically, if they wanted to and still maintain the They two would probably seed. still go like 12-2 and two over that span. So I wonder if uh, the first game, the Saturday, like you said, Spurs will give it everything they got against the Warriors. If they beat them, maybe that'll give them incentive to just keep on going. You never know. I think they have to go all out. for. I think they're going to go one of two ways. They'll either rest everybody or they'll go all out. There's not going to be an in-between. I think they'll go all out this game. If they lose, then they'll kind of rest for the remainder of the season in every single game. Yeah, exactly. I think there's some motivational factors. Like if, if they get blown out again on Saturday by Golden State, then I think you just you just don't risk getting blown out again those last two. You know, yes. like your confidence is maybe a little bit damaged. Just wait until it matters. Um, you, you know, at that point, I don't think Popovich is the last guy that feels like he needs to prove anything to anyone during the regular season, and I think that certainly reflects on these players. So, I I, I mean, I hope for our sake, for viewers' sake, that both teams you know don't hold anything back on Saturday. Yeah, I think I think that'll happen. Th- this Saturday, but the following two games, it all depends. On, it yep. Depends on what happens. Saturday. Kudos to ABC, by the way, for another awesome game. Like they have. Oh, they're pulling. They did a. I mean, they were playing so. They play so. It's sure. Sure, they're doing a good job on Saturdays, but their Sunday afternoon slate over the last five years has essentially just been a Knicks game or a Lakers game, which haven't been that great. I don't complain because the Heat and the Cavs have been involved in a ton of those Sunday yes, games. I feel like have. LeBron's always playing on Sunday, and it's usually against the bad Lakers or Knicks team, so it's fun to watch. Uh, do we get a Sunday game this week with the tournament? We might not. I don't think we... Well, there are games Sunday, but there isn't a national game, which is fine because hopefully Wisconsin and GB and the Bucks will all be playing within like an hour span on Saturday on Sunday because the Bucks play at 6. Fair enough. <laughs> what a crazy day for Wisconsin <laughs> sports. And, like, and if they replayed like a pa- the Packers Super Bowl from 2010 on NFL Network, that would easily like outrank all the other three combined. <laughs> yeah, it totally would. It all, right, all right, we'll be back next week. Everybody enjoy the tournament. Um, we'll be back. Maybe we'll bring Lewis on for some hot tournament takes uh, next That's next awesome. Tuesday. But we'll I'll see. be here Friday. I'll be with uh, Shannon McEwen. Ken oh, right. is always on Friday. Well, the, the takes will be flowing on Friday then. Good luck. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.